poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Today on Tactical Tuesday, John and I are going to be breaking down some hands that he's played on the button. Out of all the students that I've coached over the past few years, John routinely has had the highest win rate on the button. So I am excited to have this conversation in this scenario with you. How are we doing, sir? Very good. Happy New Year. Thank you, sir. It's great. Great way to start out the new year um, with you sharing whatever magic it is that, that you have playing playing in position that, you know, somehow we need to sprinkle, you know, across across the rest of, you know, the CPG Wolves and Greatness Village and maybe a little bit to the, the poker world at large in, in today's show. I will try to do it right here at the Ace Nine of Hearts then. Yeah, and, and John has COVID right now too. So, you know, he's, if you sense that he sounds a little congested, that's that's because he is, you know, he he decided to to play some live poker and got to pay the live poker toll, which apparently is COVID. I know at least in my case, every time I, I go to Vegas in the summer, it's it's COVID. That's the toll. And if I do something really dumb in one of these two hands, then it's COVID brain, and it wasn't. It's not my fault. Yeah, go ahead and like um, you know sneeze in a jar or something and send it to me. <laughs> I'll, I'll say I'll save it until like March, and <laughs> that, that way I'll be immune during WSOP time. Take a deep inhale. Yeah. All right. I was going to make a popsicle actually, but um. uh. <laughs> all right, let's dive into today's episode with this disgusting start to the new year. John, you want to break down the action of the first yep. hand? Cut off open, ace nine of hearts on the button, uh, easy three bet. Make it $70 facing the $20 open. Both of the blinds fold. Then we get this. What do you think about this, by the way? So we get uh, an open to two big blinds, I three bet to seven big blinds, and then the cutoff four bets to 19 big blinds. Um, to me, this feels small, not egregiously small. I guess like the size that I would most expect to see here is somewhere you know, between 21 and 23 big blinds um, as their four bet size. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate it. Honestly, you have a little bit more depth, like 140 big blinds. It offers a little bit more playability when you do five bet um, using the the smaller four bet size. So like, I, I don't really have much of a bone to pick with the smaller four bet size, given the depth um, mm. at 100 bigs. I think it would be a little bit small, but whatever, you know, I, I'm not going to not going to read into it very much. I guess the only thing to like read into it for me would be that you're probably playing an opponent that has a strat for a little bit different depth than normal, which mm. means that villain's probably going to be a little bit stronger than, than average here. Yeah. Until, you know, before this hand played out, um, or not, not to say that this hand changed my opinion, but like, you know, when I was playing this hand, my opinion of the cutoff was that he was a, just a, a competent reg. So it wasn't someone that was just like, had a bad four bet sizing in this spot or just, you know, didn't know what size they were supposed to use. I definitely wanted to kind of, Air on the side of uh, the player profile that you just mentioned that might have a different strategy for you know 140 bigs than they do for 100. And I would say in general, like as it relates to four bet sizings, typically, you know, 
smaller is a decent sign that villain is more studied than yeah. than the really yeah, big yeah. four bed sizes. Yeah. So like generally uh, the fish are just four bedding to like, you know, twenty eight big bigs or, or something. Big yeah. Yeah, Some, exactly. Something like really, 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 really big. Yep. Um yep. so yeah, I, I basically you're probably playing against a, a, a strong villain and you are getting a decent price and position and you got some depth. So here we go. I guess one, one interesting thing about this too is like, you know, when they four bet to like 190, what hands do you fold calling ace nine of hearts, right? Like it's almost as if you're going to call with most of your range, right? Maybe like ace jack off. The yeah, it would have to be the offsuit broadways that start getting folded. You know, like if I did decide to three bet hand like king jack offsuit, ace jack offsuit, ace king, ten off. offsuit. Yeah, maybe king queen off. Even then, though, king queen might start. It's starting to get pretty close to the line for me. So, um, yeah, yeah. So you're going to be it's, continuing pretty wide, definitely. From definitely, what I'm especially hearing. especially because we're deeper. Yep. Yeah. All right. So you call one ninety. There's three ninety five in the pot. The flop is nine, seven deuce with the seven of hearts. So you flop top pair, top kicker. And there you have about 1200 behind. So 120 bigs behind. There's 40 bigs in the pot. Um, expectation here before villain acts. Face some sort of C bet for the most part. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see a slightly larger C bet on this board. So that's something that, um, you know, is a little bit more common uh, when the Preflop four betters out of position and the board is uh relatively low, basically meaning that there aren't any any Broadway cards. Yeah. Um so wouldn't expect to see anything from quarter to probably something like half pot here. I wouldn't be surprised to see checks either, honestly, mm -hmm. on yeah, nine seven yeah. deuce with two clubs. Like that's sort of the that's sort of the flip side of having like a half pot C bet size here too, I think would be that, you know, if you weren't gonna go with like the quarter pot your whole range strategy, um half potting here probably does mean that you do have a, a checking range as well. Nice. Villain does check. So yep. I haven't seen the action of this hand. So yeah, villain checks. Um, not totally unexpected, uh, even in a four bet pot on, in this exact scenario. And you check behind, which is pretty interesting. You think about that. I mean, I'm, yeah, this is like, you know, this is right? kind of why the hand gets weird for me. Is, yeah. well, is It's not so much that like I get put in tough spots because they, they, they bet as I got put in tough spots because they checked. Yeah, and when you check behind, like you know that they could be checking their overpairs here, right? Like they could be checking a wide, they could be checking like a lot of their top end value on mm. this board. It wouldn't be that surprising, or at least mixing. So, mm. yeah, like checking behind, I think makes sense, and it does show that like, oh, you you have you're pretty clued in on as to like what villain strategy probably is, and so like you know taking the more passive defensive approach. Yep. Yep. Um, turns a three of spades, and now, um, now I kind of expect villain to start betting. Uh, yep. I, I expect them to start polarizing. Would expect probably a pretty big size here, given the the SPR and the depth. Um, it, yeah. Given that that's what you think. Um, given that that's what you think they should do when they are betting. How would you? How would you interpret a turn check, flop check, and turn check? Um, that's that's what happens here. Look, yeah, let's just talk about hands like, like ace king, hands like um, maybe like a suited connector, um, seven eight suited, six seven suited, maybe some like sort of, ace, some ace sort of five suited. Yeah, um, could even be a hand like 
That, I mean, it could be aces, I guess. Like, it could be could be kings, maybe. But it's going to go down. Like, frequency of, like, kings, I think, is going to go down. Aces, probably going to be the the slow play that happens more often. I don't know that nines, four bets pre. So, like, I don't know that they have top set in their range, although they might, given their their tiny size that they use, they, they can just go, like, a little bit wider than, than usual. So, yeah, I would expect, like, ace-king, a lot of bluff catchers, um, like seven, eight suited, six, seven suited, uh, ace highs, ace five suited, ace king highs. Those, those types of hands would be like what I would expect to see the most. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I do face another check on the churn. Um, for some reason, this didn't feel like it made my life any easier, (laughs) despite the fact that, you know, I am a little bit relieved that I'm not facing, you know, pot on the turn or something like that. Um, felt like I had another, I don't know medium tough decision here to decide whether to to bet here or check back and go for value on the river versus their bluff catchers or maybe go for two two, somehow go for two streets versus their bluff catchers here i don't know if that's you know to me that felt a little thin but maybe it's not as thin as i as i think it is i think you can go small i don't think you have to go big and i think small is like small makes the most sense and I, i think this check on the turn does make your life a lot easier and that villains probably not checking back jacks or queens or kings anymore and so like right. your your top pair top kicker is like essentially it's not the nuts but it, it's a very very strong hand for this for this situation yep. so I, I would start having a lot of confidence in betting um and i would just choose small and you know hope that something i would choose small and hang on for dear life basically like bet small in the turn if i get check raised just going to go with the hand and put all the money in at some point um, downstream. So, and then go small and then I'm not sure what I do on the river. Like maybe I go small in the turn and then, you know, polarize on the river targeting like ace king and mm. bet like 150 on the turn. And that's going to put like 700 in the pot and maybe jam the river, right? Like that's a line that can get bluff caught by a lot of bluff catchers because it's kind of a, you know, somewhat incredible line or, you know, choosing a different size but yeah I, I would definitely bet the turn okay yeah that's where i was this is where i kind of deviated from what you thought was what you thought is the is the best strat i my reason for checking back the turn was that i thought i could um and i actually don't love this plan now that i think about think through it again but like my my thought process in game for checking back the turn was that like i wanted to target all those bluff catchers including ace king on the river for like one pretty sizable river bet so hands like six seven seven eight eight nine maybe ace king just calls like 75% pot on the river. Yeah. Um again, like I said, like I think I just I just sort of shied away from like betting two streets instinctively. I just thought it was just felt like it was a, a little bit too thin for some reason. I think that's something that I should that I should um you know, if I could go back now, that's like what I would correct here and and just realize that like oh hey, they have like enough of a calling region to go small on the turn and then polarize on the river instead of just checking the turn and polarizing on the river, which sort of targets the same range anyways. Um, except for just one bet instead of a small bet and a big bet. Um, also, like I think the real downside is that like I might not get an opportunity to polarize on the river, right? Depending on what the river card is, I might not be have an opportunity to value bet seventy five percent pot or pot or you know if the you know if on like a deuce seven or a deuce or a three, I'd probably even be comfortable over betting a hand like Ace Nine if the cutoff checked to me three times. Um, so yeah, there are like things that can happen um, on the river that like you know throw a wrench into my plan and and um you know i think that's like another argument for just betting small here and then having the option to check back some rivers if you know you get one of those rivers where it's really 
really, really thin to value bet Ace Nine for for a second street. Nice. Well, you check back. So we're in John's adventure now. There is a four, which completes Ace Five suited, which you know would be some of the hands, you know, four mm-hmm. combos that are in their their four betting range, but. Um, villain bets half pot. Yeah, that's an interesting size. Raise. Yeah, can't You're definitely raising. I can't really imagine not raising. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is another another blunder by me then, because I, I got here and had the same thought that I did on the turn. Where I was like, all right, like this feels this feels like it might be too thin on the river. But again, I think like after we have all the, after we have like the, con, after we had the competition that we had on, on like the turn strike, like what I should have done on the turn, I think raising here seems very, very, uh, very, very much like it's like the should, should have been the play. Yeah. Agreed. I call and just get one street out of King seven. A little surprised to see this hand for betting, but it's a hand that makes sense. I mean, you know, doesn't do great flatting the three bet out of position and instead gets chunked into the, the four betting range. Like, so it's, it's a hand that like makes sense and they probably were wondering what the hell you were doing when you flatted the river with ACE nine, <laughs> they thought for sure they had the best hand. They're like, what, what, what the heck? Um, yeah, it's especially sad when they show up with a, with an actual pair here instead of just like the random King Jack suited bluff or King queen bluff here on the on the river yeah well hand number one of 2024 in the books john missing value let's see turn and the river (laughs) yeah well it was more of a holistic value missing uh (laughs) statement um stick around for john on the button hand number two coming right after the break the cpg wolves I'm more organized, I'm more productive, I eat better, I sleep better, I exercise consistently because I just live a more structured life due to this program. Having this much poker brain power in one place is a recipe for great things. My favorite aspect of being a wolf is the sense of community, having that network to bounce ideas off and learn from each other. Poker is a brutal game. (laughs) So yeah, if you're committed to poker, joining CPG Wolves will be the best decision that you can make. The data doesn't lie. We know things that other people don't know. I like it that way. I hate that you're advertising. I hope nobody else ever joins. (laughs) So yeah, I like it. Go to wolftryouts.com to apply. The decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy. Too tight, and they know what you have. Too loose, and you're easy to run over. Free Flop Bootcamp from Chasing Poker Greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your preflop game and creating true range advantage. Eight days of guided training, over 60 optimal ranges, and access to a dedicated community of players that will push your preflop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. Available now. All right. Welcome back from the break. 
heading into hand number two, John, hopefully going to get some redemption now. I'm not sure. I I can't promise. I don't know. I haven't seen the hand. I haven't seen any Um, action, so we'll see. Got to be honest, I'm worried about what you're going to say about this one. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right. Well, let's dive into the action. Uh, So John's playing 510 No Limit again. Um, the cutoff opens to $25, so 2.5 big blinds. John three bets the ace jack off to eight big blinds on the button. The small blind cold calls, the big blind cold calls, and the cutoff <laughs> decides to fold. So, yep. okay, um, that's a lot of things that happened. I'm guessing the small blind is a white belt. Yep. The big blind, I could could go either way honestly actually the big blind like i could see some like overcalls here with 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 some hands after the small blind cold calls so i would say the big blind could very easily be a red yeah we'll save save you some time the the big blind player profile doesn't end up mattering for the rest of the hand sure all right and then you call yeah. or oh, no I you three call bet. you you <laughs> three bet <laughs> everybody everybody else called you you three bet okay so 265 in the pot the flop is king 99 uh, two spades. You have the ace of spades. The small blind leads for like half pot, lead. basically. A little bit less, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing that you're gonna peel. This is where I was worried about. You know, I could see an argument here for for folding. Wouldn't be shocked, but thought I had enough stuff going on with the back doors, ace of spades on king nine nine two spades to, to peel half pot this is yeah. honestly i think this is it's close be, yeah wouldn't be it's, it's close but terrible if someone was like this is this is not good yeah, yeah, yeah you know a for effort you're trying um i think it's reasonable honestly i think like pe- peeling here even though like it, it is super thin it is super close and folding is totally reasonable um like you said, you, you got some things. You got three straights and got three flushes. You get so many different things that can happen. And a pair draw, right? Boom. So pair you draw. call and you hit your pair draw. Turn is a jack of diamonds. So the board is now king, jack, nine, nine with two spades and two diamonds. And it'd be nice if villain checked or bet small. Um, I would woo-hoo. fold the turn facing a big bet. Well, they bet small. Like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why I said it would be nice. We got our wish. <laughs> so, fish bets twenty percent, a hundred dollars, and the five hundred on the turn. What a what a bargain, basement bargain deal here. You call, and you river a wow. boat. The river's a jack. Now you want the big bet? <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on, small bet. Come on, big bet. Um, and villain bet small again. So. Here we are. I don't really know that there's any sort of option. Yeah, wasn't much of a decision to wasn't much to talk about here on the river or the turn. Um, main thing was yeah, main thing was just like talking about like peeling versus peeling a hand like this on the flop versus someone who's you know pre-flop. They've already flashed the sign saying that they're that they're a fish and that they you know like you said that they're a white belt and yeah, um, felt like the flop was was the only real the only real decision in this in this hand. I think it's close, um, but yeah, I don't fault calling like less than a half pot, ha- half pot size on the flop. Um, when you have you know the backdoor nut flush draw and 
backdoor straight draw, and just ace high, right? Like ace high can just be right. the best hand. Like, yeah, that's like that's like a you know, it feels a little crazy crazy to say that as early as uh as a street that's as early as the flop. But you know, one of the considerations that I was thinking about on the flop was just like, oh hey, like this hand could just get checked down for the yeah. rest of the hand, and I could just end up winning with ace high on you know on a paired flop, and he could just have you know queen jack and queen ten or something like that. Right. that or they just bet like. 20% and 20% again on yeah. like deuce four and you just yeah. call down. Yeah. Um, so you jam the river with your full house, King Jack, Jack nine, nine, you stick in another eight sixty five or eight sixty five total fill in calls. They have the King four of diamonds and you stack them. So what a run out just ace Jack King nine, nine. And we end up making a better hand than King four. <laughs> yeah. They, they turned to flush draw too. So, you know, I guess the Jack of Diamonds is on the board, but no Ace of Diamonds mm. in your future. Um, well, way to go. <laughs> you got him. <laughs> uh, I think it's totally reasonable, though. Like, I think all of your, your reasoning is sound, and I almost certainly would have played it the exact same way. Cool. All right. So one one hand, one incident in the first episode of the year. I guess that's, you know, that's that's probably below our average for an episode. I probably have somewhere between one and a half and two incidents per, per episode. So we're starting off the year good. Starting off the year on a positive <laughs> note. Um, so for the podcast listener and the YouTube subscriber, don't forget to subscribe, comment, do all those things. Start the new year out in a very tactically sound way. And that's all I have for you this week. See you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast. The CPG Wolves. The people in Wolves are highly intelligent and they're successful. And they're not just successful in poker, they're successful in other realms of life. The coaching in general is very eye-opening. It, it doesn't take long for your biases and preconceived notions of how poker is played to be out in the open and under the reality of data. Most of us share the same values and goals. So the support and drive to help each other succeed has just been invaluable. The resources are just endless. Um, I really feel that commitment every single day. I couldn't even beat 50 NL online, and now I'm playing 500 NL. Coach John is just an absolute machine. Coach Brad is pretty much the only person that I would blindly trust to guide me through my poker career. The grass is greener on this side of the fence, and I think you just have a good time too. Go to wolftryouts.com to apply. Fish dog bets the flop, and you don't know what to do. One man, Coach Brad Wilson, has a surefire plan to neutralize flop leads and rip that dunk to shreds. Nuffle. Available now. Go to chasingpokergreatness.com slash nuffle. Rated R. 100 NL player, former Sergeant Elijah Shears.
Before I got Nuffle, I had run into a lot of dock bets. And I think once you play a certain amount of hands, you know there's something wrong with our opponent's strategies, but you don't know how to play to maximize CP against it. And it's very frustrating. I looked at the document and I couldn't believe that I paid money for it. I actually doubted that it could provide value because it was so brief. But since then, it's repaid me just over and over and over again. And it's one of the most consistent moneymakers built into my strategy. That sheds light on just how bad your opponents are. And it took me 20 minutes to perfect it. And it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm speechless. It's just that good. The simplicity of it is part of it being a masterpiece. <laughs> Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash courses.